0: Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We start a new series today, Celebrate. Yeah. I about came out of my shoes this morning with the worship time, and man, when Sarah started singing that, ooh. I was like, wow, I started walking on air, and then we went right into the next song with the, with the worship with Daniel. I'm going, wow, uh, Pastor Brett, you have a great team up here, and uh, we were blessed, and I'm excited to celebrate. I was thinking about the importance of celebration in our life. So many times we get busy, and it gets difficult, and we have struggles, and we have all the problems, and, and we forget to celebrate the season of Christmas, which is celebrating Jesus. That's what it's all about is God sent his son from heaven to earth in the form of a baby. And guess what? This Christmas season, let's not get so caught up with all the things that we have to do with all the difficulties. Let's get caught up with Jesus. Let's celebrate Jesus this Christmas season. Celebration is vital because it brings awareness to the important things that are in our life. In the Old Testament, There were seven annual feasts. I want to talk about those just briefly for a minute because I want you to talk about celebration. Because God put these feasts in the Old Testament, you can read about them, and he put them strategically in place so that people would not forget to celebrate his provision, to celebrate his presence, to celebrate his goodness. Amen? And today's message is about celebrating the presence of God. In the Old Testament, these feasts were opportunities where people would gather to celebrate. The first one, I'm just going to run through seven of them real quick here. The first one was the Passover, the celebration of God's protection. He spared the firstborn sons miraculously, the Israelites' firstborn sons, because out of obedience, they were obeyed God and he spared them. It followed right up with the Feast of Unleavened Bread. and This was a celebration that was closely tied to the, to the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, unleavened means that without yeast. And the yeast in the Bible always represented sin. So really this was a celebration that we're separating ourselves from sin and we're putting ourselves in God's presence. We're going to continue to obey God's word. We're going to continue to sacrifice our lives for God because God is our provider. It meant separating ourselves from sin. Some of you need to try that. I thought I might have a little bit bigger laughter there, but that's okay. We do. We need to embrace God's grace and we need to separate ourselves from sin. Another feast was the Feast of First Fruits. It was a celebration of God's provision. It's a celebration recognizing really our dependence upon God. The people would celebrate God's provision by bringing their first fruits the very first of their crops, the very first of everything that they had, they'd bring it to God and say, God, we understand that you're our provider and we bring this and we say thank you for for your provision. Feast of Weeks, also called Pentecost in the New Testament, was a celebration that took place 50 days after Passover. And it's another celebration thanking God for his provision. During this festival, people would bring grain offerings to the Lord. The Feast of Trumpets, was to celebrate, to commemorate the end of the agricultural year. After all, the, after all of the harvesting was completed, we we're going to celebrate God's blessing. In the New Testament, it was, it was a day of atonement. It led into the day of atonement. And for, for the New Testament, it signifies the second coming of Christ. You know that scripture that says the trumpets will sound? The dead will be raised in Christ. If it signifies the end of a season of this world into a new season of heaven. Come on, let's celebrate. Day of Atonement was another day of sacrifice to atone for the sins of the people. And the high priest would go into the tabernacle and he was the one that would take the sacrifice for all people. And it also represents in the New Testament, Jesus came from heaven to earth as a form of a baby, which we celebrate as Christmas. But in a few months, we're going to celebrate Easter, which was his death and resurrection. He became our high priest for each and every one of us. He's our eternal high priest. And then there's the Feast of Tabernacles, also called booths. You can find that in De- Deuteronomy 16. 16. And it's another feast where people would bring tithes and offerings to the Lord. It was a celebration for God's deliverance from Egypt, and it was a celebration that God's presence went with them from Egypt even into the wilderness to bring them into the promised land. If you notice, the common denominator with all of these feasts was God's interaction and presence with his people. The Hebrew word feast comes from two Hebrew words, meaning divinely appointed times, And festival, divinely appointed festivals. God put divine appointed times in the Old Testament so people could celebrate the presence of God. God had appointed times for people to gather together. And it begs the question are you celebrating God's presence in your life? See, a celebration gives the opportunity to honor, it reminds us of God's goodness. It's why sacrifice and giving is so important in our life because it's an opportunity to honor and celebrate the goodness of God, the presence of God. God loves not a grumpy giver. God loves what? A cheerful giver. It means that when we give, Latasha, we should be celebrating the presence of God. Man, God, I thank you. That's why we should bring our gifts to God in celebration. Not, oh, man, Pastor Tom wants that check again this month. You're not going to get any honor out of that. You're not going to get any blessing out of that. The blessing is amen. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've provided for me. I give back to you. When we throw a birthday party, what do we do? Why do we we throw birthday parties? We do do so so that we can honor the person that's having the birthday. We're letting them know that they are special to us, that they're important to us. It's an opportunity to show our love for them. We honor them with gifts, and it's a celebration. Some of you go crazy on these one-year-old birthday parties that these kids will never, ever, ever remember. But we do because we love our kids, Amen. We love them. And so we go we're going to, we spare no expense. Spare no expense with Jesus. Amen. Do you know when you celebrate, when we come to the church, one of the things that we're doing is we're celebrating God's presence in our life. We're celebrating his goodness. We're coming together in worship and we're worshiping the Lord together. Do you know when you celebrate, it can sometimes get a little loud? I remember we used to always take our kids, or we attend Chuck E. Cheese. How many of been ever in a Chuck E. Cheese? Come on, with all the big birthday parties, with all the kids, and there was twenty birthday parties all going on at the same time. Remember how loud that was? Or in the football game, you know, when your team scores the touchdown, man, if you're in the stadium at Seahawks when they score, it's deafening. You can't hear it. Green Bay Packers. It's deafening. Shout out to Green Bay Packers. I'll give a shout out to the Cowboys. That was hard, but that's okay. Gets loud. I think I need to warn you that the celebration in heaven is going to be loud. I know some people don't like loud music. In fact, we provide earplugs for people when they walk in if you want to put, I don't know if you know that, but we do. We have earplugs out there. You can grab them because we know that sometimes it gets a little loud and for some it maybe it's bothersome and, and we provide those. and. And there's nothing wrong with softer music. In fact, when there's times when I'm just in reflection time, when I just want to hear just a voice or just a word from the Lord, I will read my Bible, I'll put some soft worship music on, I'll listen, and I just receive from the Lord. Um, I enjoy that. In fact, Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. But don't think that when you arrive into heaven, there's, it's going to be soft dinner music. You're going to be in for a rude awakening. It's going to be a celebration and it's going to be loud. Psalm 47.1 says, clap your hands all people. Shout to God with the loud, song, loud songs of joy. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. There's nothing quiet about that. People ask me, why do you clap your hands when you preach, Pastor Tom? I don't do even know that I clap my hands. Jeff goes, man, when you clap your hands, you pop the mic, Pastor Tom. Don't. I go, I don't know that I do it. I just do it. And I started thinking about why, why am I doing it? I think I just get so excited about God's word that I can't help but clap. Just, I want to celebrate. Come on. Let's all give the Lord a round of applause. Come on. My kids always said, Dad, you have the loudest clap. I guess God gave me big hands so I could clap to the Lord. Amen? But I think I get excited because of God's word. And it's like attending your child's sporting events. When they do something good, man, you can't help but get excited. Some of you parents go crazy at your kids' events. Man, come on, they're just learning how to kick a ball. Just because they can kick a ball, you don't have to go crazy about that, but you do. The kids were always nervous when Annette attended their games. There was always a condition. Mom, you can come, but don't embarrass us, Mom. But inevitably... Something good would happen. One of the kids would score or or do something. And, man, there is no doubt in the entire stadium, everybody knew that that was Annette's child. I mean, she's up there cheering, but she's yelling, yes, my child, that's my son. She was proud of her kids. And she wanted everyone to know it. We should be proud of Jesus. And we should let everyone know it. We should be proud that he is my salvation that he is my God, that he is my strength, that he is my redeemer, that he's my miracle worker, that he's my hope, that he's my peace, that he's my joy, that he's my shield. And he is the rock on which I stand. And we should let all of the people around us know that he's my Jesus. He's my Jesus. God never puts a condition on us. Now, you can come, but I don't want you to get too excited, okay? Don't all of a sudden start yelling and shouting about me. He desires our praise. He desires our praise. We are called to let the goodness of God shine through our lives. In the book of Psalms, there are 21 chapters, or there's actually 150 chapters. But 21 of those chapters are completely designated Towards praise. They're wonderful. Psalms is the longest book in the Bible. In the very last chapter, chapter 150 is completely designated to praise. Let me read it to you today. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the mighty heavens. Praise him for the mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with trumpet sounds. Trumpets are not quiet, by the way. Praise him with lute and harp. Praise him with tambourine and dance. Praise him with strings and pipe. I'm trying to figure out how do you put all these instruments together in heaven that God does? Praise him with the sounding cymbals. And then he just puts this extra added. Praise him with loud clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can we say praise the Lord today? Praise the Lord. I don't know about you, but this is a celebration. It's not quiet. It's a celebration. Then it states at the end, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And then there's another Praise the Lord. Why is there two praise? Anytime you see double when you see repeat, it means greater. It means exclamation point. He wants this is like a punctuation. Boom! Praise the Lord. We're being called to praise the Lord to celebrate his presence. Are you breathing today? If you're breathing, you're called to praise the Lord. You're called to celebrate. Revelations 19.6 states, Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude, like the roar of many waters, and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder, crying out, Hallelujah! For the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. That probably just freaked out Pastor Jeff back there in the sound booth. The King James Version says, The voice of triumph. If you've ever been around water that's crashing together, it it can be deafening. You ever been like where three rivers come together or or at a waterfall that's just, man, it's tons of water? It can be so loud. It's deafening. Or a powerful thunderstorm. I remember driving through a thunderstorm in Oklahoma, Clinton, Oklahoma. I remember that so vividly because when I was driving through on the radio, all of a sudden it gave me a a warning, a broadcast warning. Uh, What is that? Broadcast goes... Tells you you're in deadly thunderstorms. I'm going. Over. I saw a lightning coming down from the sky, setting things on fire as I'm driving this this motor coach this bus down the road. I was about ready to pull over because I was thinking, man, this thing is getting crazy. I didn't. Even, it was at nighttime. I didn't even need lights. True story. There was so much lightning happening, I could just drive without my lights. My windshield wipers were doing like this because it looked like it was you know a strobe, just going all over the place. And I could actually, in the bus, as loud as that bus was, I would hear the thunder inside. When we enter into God's presence, it's going to be mighty. It's going to be powerful. I'm just warning you now, it's going to be a loud sound. I don't know if you're going to be able to sneak any earplugs in on your way to heaven. You can try, put them in your pocket and see. I don't think that you're going to be able to get them there. But So I'm just warning you ahead of time because if you don't have them... I don't want you to freak out, but it's going to be good. In Revelation 4, it states, From the throne comes flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. The seven torches of burning flames represents the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne is a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. Doesn't it sound like you're attending a concert? Like Like a rock? I mean, lightning and thunder and... It's no concert. And it is a concert, but it's God's concert. And it will compare to nothing that you've ever seen or experienced before as we come into heaven into worship. Worship in heaven is going to be off the chain, guys. You better start worshiping now. In Revelation 15, it states, And the sanctuary was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power. There's going to be smoke in heaven, guys. It's coming your way. No one's laughing, but it's happening. It's happening. Now, mind you, there's no audio-visual lighting company that's setting up this event. There's no tech person to be found. No tech person is running video or lighting. No prior technician is running fireworks. You are experiencing, or you will be experiencing, just the presence of God. It's nothing that anyone else is doing. It's just God's presence in the room is going to be that great. Think about that. God's not a facade. He (laughs) needs no tech person to show off. Just look at God's creation. I'm just amazed when you drive down the road or you walk down to the beach or you hike up in the mountains and you see God's creation and you start to think that he just spoke it into existence. Just spoke it into existence. That's the power of his presence. As we enter into Christmas, it should be a time of celebration. Let's not be distracted by all the difficulties and and let's celebrate the birth of our Savior Jesus. We are celebrating God's presence in our life. When the angels appeared to the shepherds announcing the birth of Jesus, Luke chapter 2, verse 13 states... And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. When Jesus was born, all heaven was rejoicing. Because a Savior was born to save his people from their sins. God's presence forever changed our lives. Today... I want to close very quickly with a number of items that I just want to give you a reason why we should celebrate the presence of God. Pastor Tom, this Christmas, why should I celebrate? You should be celebrating the presence of God every single day of your life. Every morning you wake up, you should celebrate the presence of God. Before you go to sleep, you should celebrate the presence of God. When you're serving at the Christmas tree lighting, you should be celebrating the presence of God. Everything we do should be about the celebration of God's presence in our life. Let me give you some reasons why you should celebrate God's presence. First, it positions you for blessing. Think about the children of Israel out in the wilderness... God rescued them from slavery. God rescued them from bondage in Egypt. God rescued them and all they could do once they got rescued and once they went out into the wilderness, all they could do was complain. And their complaining robbed them from seeing God's blessings. They didn't, re- they could not see that God, I mean, God sent 10 plagues and miraculously parted the red Sea and delivered them from bondage. But how soon it was when they got into the wilderness, they fought, forgot the blessings of God and they started complaining instead of praising God. You see, we, each one of us have a choice. We can either praise God or we can complain about God. We can praise what's going on in our life. Man, Lord, thank you for that opportunity. Man, Lord, I know I got a pink slip. I know I lost my job. But man, God, something good is going to happen. We can either choose to praise the Lord in the midst of difficulties or we can sit there and just complain and be like the children of Israel in the wilderness. Our complaining robs us from seeing the goodness of God in our life. God desires our praise because when we praise, we begin to see His goodness in our own life. And his goodness protects us. Our eternal destiny depends on seeing his goodness. There's a reason it's called the good news. All right. The gospel. It's important that we see the goodness of Jesus in our life. I wonder what would have happened if the children of Israel would have stopped complaining and started praising. That journey from Egypt to Canaan, the promised land, was about 250 miles. And it took them 40 years. 40 years. A trip that should have taken a couple weeks weeks, three weeks. See, many times we're so much closer to our breakthrough than we think. But because we're choosing to complain We get stuck going around in circles. Instead of praising God, guess what? We can get to our destination a lot faster. Celebrating God's presence also draws God closer. The Bible states that God inhabits the praises of his people. It's interesting. It doesn't say God inhabits the complainers of his people. No. It says God inhabits the praises of his people. James 4.8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It doesn't mean that we can't bring our requests to God. But there's a difference between bringing requests and bringing complaints. Big difference. No one enjoys hanging around a complainer. Unless you want to be a complainer. Then you enjoy it. But for those who want to praise the Lord, we don't have time for that. Amen? Celebrating God's presence keeps our attitude correct. The Bible states, in God's presence, we find joy. That's a good reason to celebrate God's presence. Psalm 1611 says, in your presence there is fullness of joy. And I was thinking about this. I think the reason that there is fullness of joy in God's presence is because in God's presence we find hope. That's why there's so much joy in God's presence. Because all of a sudden, when we go into God's presence, we find this eternal hope. It's a wonderful gift that we have as believers. How can you not have joy when you have the assurance of eternal life? Paul writes, Paul writes these words. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. In God's presence, we find peace. Jesus himself said in John sixteen thirty three: In me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. But take heart. I have overcome the world. By embracing God's presence in your life, you will find greater peace, knowing that God is in ultimate control. I don't want to carry the weight of the world on my shoulders. That's God's job. And the peace comes from when all of a sudden I can say, God... I'm just going to celebrate you, celebrate your presence. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to praise you. And, man, I don't know if you've experienced this before, but when I just start doing that, when I just start praising God, when I just start worshiping God, when I just start thanking Jesus, all of a sudden all that weight that all of a sudden I'm carrying throughout the week all of a sudden just starts to lift off my shoulder. I feel like I'm no longer 220 pounds. I feel like I'm 30 pounds, man. I'm just walking around going like, woo I can start dancing. And I don't even dance, man. Getting excited. In God's presence, we find peace. Peter states, Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. The Lord told Moses these wonderful words He says, My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. No wonder Moses didn't want to take one step outside of God's presence. Because in God's presence, he found peace. In God's presence, we find protection. David writes, you are my hiding place and my shield. Psalm 119, You are my hiding place and my shield. Throughout the Bible, we find scriptures declaring that God is our refuge, that he is our protection. Where is his protection found? In his presence. Man, if you want to be blessed... I encourage you to just do a word study on God's protection, God's strength. Just look throughout Scripture where it talks about God's protection and God's strength. You're going to be blessed by it. I'm telling you what, it's throughout the Bible. God's presence protects us from the enemy. We find his protection. In God's presence, we experience God's power. Paul writes these words in Ephesians 3.20, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. Where does that power come from? God's presence in your life. The power of his Holy Spirit. God's presence in our life is what gives us the power to overcome the difficulties of this world. Paul writes in Ephesians 6.10, Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. How many of you are strong today? Oh, man, we got to pray a little bit more, man. We gotta, we gotta, we're got to have to stay, lock the doors. We're staying to, uh, no, we're passing noon. we got to stay like 2 or 3 o'clock. We're just going to worship the Lord. You guys would freak out. Wouldn't it be good, though? You can come back for prayer night tonight at 6 p.m. if you want to just be a little stronger in, the, in God's mighty power. In God's presence, we are transformed. The Bible states... In 2 Corinthians 3.18, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image. I love this part. From one degree of glory to another. It doesn't mean it all happens instantaneously. It just means that his presence is continually changing my life. And I am so grateful. Because man, if I've already arrived, I'd be very disappointed. I'm glad that God is continually transforming my life from one from 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 one degree of glory to another then it says for this comes from the lord who is the spirit he's the spirit in our life it's by god's very presence in our life that we are experienced transformation i think about moses when he went up on the mount sinai And he received the Ten Commandments. And all of a sudden, he saw the presence of God face to face. He was right there. And just by seeing the back of God's presence, it says that when he came off that mountain, his face shined so brightly that people feared him. That was the power of God on him. He started wearing a veil because they couldn't handle the presence of God, the glory of God upon We got the glory of God living inside of us. Think about that thought. We are. How can we not be transformed if we're celebrating His presence in us? It's going to transform you. You want to live a different life? Man, jump into the presence of God. Ask for more. This morning as I was praying, we had a whole team that was praying together around here. And we were praying. I was just asking, God, God more of your presence in me. God, I pray say this prayer. Less of me, more of you, God. Less of me. Less of my fear, less of my disobedience, less of all that. God, I want your strength. I want the faith that you've given me. I want it to grow in my life. we got to say powerful prayers, people. Because we want to be transformed. When you're a true believer and follower of Jesus, people can sense can sense the presence of God on you. Just like they, they, they didn't sense. They just saw the glory of God on Moses. But they can sense the presence of God on you. And it will either draw some people to you or it will push other people away from you. That's God's presence. It's not, there's no gray. It's black or white in God's presence, man. For those who are seeking, man, it draws him. For those who are, are living and choosing a, a different life and they don't want anything to do with God's goodness, man, it repels them. The last reason to celebrate God's presence is the most important. It's because God desires our praise. He desires our praise. Why does God desire our praise? The number one reason is because he's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our praise. He's the creator of heaven and earth. He spoke things into existence. He created you. He's worthy of our praise. I remember, all right. Brett's going to probably not like this, but that's okay. <laughs> I remember when Danielle gave birth to Vinny. And that was during the COVID time. So he couldn't leave the room. He was trapped in the room. When the epidural shot came, he was trapped in the room with that big old long needle. That's that, that long, with the epidural. Brett loves that kind of stuff, by the way. And then, when all of a sudden, you know, he's not out in the waiting room smoking a cigar. He's in the room, man. And that baby starts coming through that birth canal. Baby is born. He's texting his mom I am so sorry for everything I've ever said to you, mom. I am so grateful for you, Bob. You are worthy of praise, Bob. Thank goodness for you, Bob. See, we are God's creation. That's the main reason that we should worship the Lord and that we should praise Him. He created us, He created everything that we see. But another reason why we need to praise God is, and I think the reason that God wants us to praise Him, God wants us to recognize His goodness in our lives. He wants you to recognize the goodness, His goodness in your life. He wants you to know the difference. Between good and evil. Taste and see that the Lord is good. See, our destiny depends on worshiping the one true God. God wants the very best for us. But the very best for us is only found in Him. So that's why, man, we got to worship the Lord. Because He has the very, our, His very best interest in mind for you and for me this Christmas season it's about celebrating the presence of God in our life it's about celebrating Jesus let's not get so caught up in Christmas that we forget what's truly important let's celebrate the presence of Jesus Lord we thank you for your word today and Lord we celebrate you today as we enter into this season of Christmas we call it Christmas. It's really you, Christ, in our lives. It's recognizing, Lord, the sacrifice that you took to be born here on this earth. To come in the form of a baby, to take on flesh, to take on humanity, to take on all that that's, that humanity, that's all that's there. You were willing to take all that on for us. So that you could be the sacrifice for our sins. We are so grateful, Lord, for the sacrifice, for your willingness to give to us. We love you today. We hope, God, during our worship time that our praise was worthy of you. That when we celebrated, God, you were blessed. I pray, God, as we gather together in celebration in our worship time in the future, (laughs) that we don't just linger outside. We don't just waste time, but we run to your presence. We run to worship you. I pray, God, that we don't waste an opportunity to be able to just say, Lord, thank you that I am yours and you are mine. I pray God there would be a new life that be born fresh in our spirit, in our hearts. I pray it starts this Christmas. That God, we just don't walk through the motions of worship. We don't just walk through the motions of praise. We don't lift our hearts half-hearted. We don't lift our hands half-hearted. But God, that we should surrender to you. That we worship you in a way that's worthy. You deserve our worship. You deserve our worship, Lord. You deserve our worship. You deserve our praise, God. You deserve everything we are, God. Lord, let us not just come and give you the extra. God, let us give you the first, the most important. Let us worship you. The creator of the heavens and the earth. Today God we worship you. And today God we surrender our lives to you today. I feel so compelled today. Woo. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian podcast.